Coming up on Chasing the Natty, some of us had players that we were willing to die on a hill for and were very, very wrong this offseason. We also got some more Transfer Portal news as well as bowl games for all of next week. All that and more right after this. Goes to the end zone. Oh, what a catch! Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama! Watch out for Mr. Robinson. This kid is going to be special and is already flashing. This is Chasing the Natty, a college football fantasy podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is, <coughs> I'm keeping that, but just for everybody knows, I absolutely just choked on a bubble. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I know I am, because for once, uh, we are actually recording this show while we are watching games. I currently have the uh, uh, Celebration Bowl up with Jackson State and uh, South or South Carolina State. Up next to me, I also got the epicness that is uh, the Western Kentucky Appalachian State game up next to me. So if you hear me reference that, that is why. But in addition to that, we got more stuff to talk about because we're recording a little bit earlier this week because uh, I'll be out of town next week. So I want to go ahead and get this show out for you guys next week. We'll be talking about bowl games for this upcoming week all next week. This is going to be the weekday and the weekend games next week because there's not a ton of week weekend games next weekend. So we just figured we'd go ahead and get them out of the way here. In addition to that, we got some more transfer portal news uh, for you guys. And then we're also going to be talking about some players that we really, like, again, we put ourselves on a hill for them. We said, like, they're going to bust. They're going to, um, they're going to boom. And we were very, very wrong about them. And I keep saying we. We, Jared, you're clearly just you, but no, guys, I have a guest on today, and that is Mr. Brandon T. Sanders from the CFFU podcast. You guys have heard him on here before, and he was happy to come on here once again. So, Brandon, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Uh, it's always good to be on the uh, Chasing the Natty podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to talk about some of these uh, players that uh, we uh, swung and missed on, but uh, at least bowl games are looking fantastic so far. So, happy to be on, man. Absolutely. And can you remind the audience where they can find you, where, where, where they can find your work and all that good jazz? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the main page is at CFF University. I've made it to where now every social media has the same tag. So it's at CFF University for all of uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. So you can find us all there. Um, I'm Brandon uh, Sanders. You can find me at Brandon T. Sanders. That's my personal account. If you want to DM me or just have conversations or do fun stuff like me and Jared do, where we just post gifts every time some of our friends post something funny when it comes to the CFF <laughs> world. So uh, that's where we like to have fun. And then of course, um, if you're interested, uh, hit me up. I have a CFF hangout for, uh, for discord. So if you're a fan of, you know, what you're listening to now and you just want some inside, um, whether it's start and sit, sometimes we'll do some transfer portal stuff. We try to keep each all of, you know, all our friends up on what's current and stuff like that. So definitely hit one of us up. We'll be glad to give you guys an invite for sure. Um, that's the, where you can find us. Um, and then just a quick plug uh we do have merch now it's uh the pin tweet at the very top of twitter and on facebook so uh feel free to help us out that way uh, we're looking to get a full-fledged uh website up here pretty soon so that's how we're trying to pay for it so appreciate it man 
If you're watching on YouTube, uh, Brandon is currently w rocking the new CFFU shirt, which is looking mighty fine, I might, I must say. That's um, one of them. <laughs> yeah, and I highly recommend that Discord, y'all. It's just a, it, it, it's just a good time. You come in, uh, shoot the crap with just a bunch of other CFFU guys. You can ask questions to pretty much any of them there. They're mm -hmm. all willing to talk to you guys. We got it broken down within like just redraft leagues, Devi leagues. We got transfer portal channels, stuff like that. It's very yeah. laid back. Nothing too, nothing too serious. Just don't come in and be an ass. Um, yeah, and all pretty that. much. Don't, don't be that guy. Um, but hey, we even got C2C now and stuff like that. So linked up with those guys. So there's a, there's something for everyone. So definitely Absolutely. like if you're just a fan of college football and you just want to come talk some smack, just do it respectively. Or if you agree, disagree to disagree. And we could talk about it, but just don't be that guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and for you guys who are longtime listeners of this program, you guys know what I'm about to say. I got the spiel for you. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe button. Make sure you're commenting down below and make sure that, well, you're just telling people about us. Like again, the, be the best marketing scheme that we have is you guys. And so as long as you are telling people, directing them over here to us as the best place to get redraft information for college fantasy football going forward, I will happily take every person that comes our way. In addition to that, if you're listening to some uh, podcast. Make sure you're following us wherever you're uh, listening at, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, always leave those five-star reviews. Gotta love those. And then in addition to that, I think that pretty much covers everything. Oh, that's right. If you want to reach me, best place to find me is always on Twitter. I'm at CFF underscore Jared. You can DM me. You can at me. Uh, I'll answer pretty much either way. I'll do my best to faithfully answer your questions or just respond in the best way that I can. With all that being said, I appreciate you guys listening, and we'll go ahead and move on to our first segment here, and we will go ahead and do that now. Alrighty, sorry for the break there. Uh, Brandon, I think you were a little confused because I totally forgot to mention that I had a little sound effect going on there. Uh, to open so up that segment, um, it's from the <laughs> country song. I forget who it's by, but it's like the "What was I thinking?" Um, <laughs> nice. So I had a little, I had a little That's thing going cool. on there. Um, but even still, what are we talking about here? Well, obviously, like Chasing the Natty podcast is a podcast that goes on during the off season. We talked a lot during the preseason about guys that we either loved or didn't like going into the twenty twenty one season, and. I had plenty of guys that I was willing to die on a hill for. I had other guys that I said, like, there's no way they work out. Um, there's going to be another guy there that's going to uh, take the reins or something like that. And I was wrong on several of them. And Brandon, you have some guys here that uh, you were very wrong on as well. Yes. And so yes, we're, gonna, we're going to lay out our dirty laundry here. We're going to let you guys know, like, who did we get wrong? Where do we think we went wrong? And what are we going to try to do in the future to fix that? So we'll go ahead and start with one of my guys here. And uh, we're going to start with running back out of UCLA, Britton Brown. Uh, outside of Charleston Rambo, I believe this was the second most drafted player I had in all of my leagues last year. I was a very big believer in the idea that Zach Charbonnet would not be the lead back at UCLA by the end of the season. That Britton Brown, being there already in the system, would have been able to secure at least the 1A, if not just the 1RB1 uh, job in general there. 
And well, I was very wrong and it didn't take long for me to get proven wrong. Uh, I liked what I saw out of Britton Brown early in the Hawaii game, but I immediately knew like, all right, clearly Charbonnet and Britton Brown, they're going to be splitting carries. Like this is going to be as lucrative as I thought it was going to be. And then very, very quickly it turned into um, Charbonnet just as the season was going on, slowly but surely taking up more and more of that backfield and Britton Brown really just kind of fell apart for me. So, uh, Brandon, what do you think about Britton Brown? Anything I really kind of missed there? What do you think? No, uh, you know, coming from the ACC and being uh, a fan of the Tar Heels, Britton Brown was a Duke player right beforehand. So I got to see Britton Brown up close and, you know, the Carolina Duke game. So I thought he definitely was capable of being a lead back. And I thought UCLA was a good fit. Um, Him being there in for spring also gave him the advantage. But it didn't take Charbonnet very long to catch up the speed. And once he did, uh, Chip Kelly just saw that and he kind of just let the good times roll right after that. Um, so I don't blame you for the Britton Brown one. Like I said, he had the uh, he had the advantage and he had the, uh, you know, the head start, we like to call it, if it was a foot race. But uh, Charbonnet caught him pretty quick, at least by what, week three? And then it was pretty much definite by that point. So but yeah. I don't blame you. Britton Brown's a great back. It's just... You know, uh, it's 130 teams and a lot of them want to stay in the FBS. And so it, it can be crowded sometimes. And Charbonnet just happened to show up in the summertime. And then once he got got the ball rolling, he just never stopped. So, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And I, I just looked it up on my uh, in-season stat sheet that I've been putting together mm-hmm. for myself. And uh, Charbonnet yep. finishes the RB36. Britton Brown finishes as the RB133. <laughs> Ooh, uh, big, so big discrepancy. Rough, rough, <laughs> rough for me there. And uh uh, Brown was drafted as the RB fifty-two, fin- and again dropped eighty spots uh, by the end of the season. It was it was a rough time, but mm-hmm. I'm not the only bozo here, Brandon. So we're <laughs> nope. going to start talking about some of the guys that you uh, were hyping yes. up before the season. So who do you got here first? My first guy is uh, Mr. Theo Weiss. I think I am. I was a year ahead of schedule, so. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, of course, you know, some people have heard on one of the podcasts that you're listening to that we do like a, we're going to be doing a future freshman series, but I've always been intrigued by the freshmen coming in and of course, taking the place of those that are either transferring out or graduating. So in 2019, Theo East was a five-star prospect. He had, you know, uh, solid hands, great route running skills. And of course, Oklahoma snatched him up. And that's, you know, one of the wide receiver use that uh, people go to as well. So of course, this whole season, Theo East has been injured. I don't think he's played in a single down. Luckily, this is a dynasty league that I picked him up uh, very early on as far as like my third or fourth pick. So at least I have a wait one. We just found out that he's returning to Oklahoma. So him mm-hmm. and Mims and I believe Williams will be the three that will kind of go out there since uh, Hazelwood has gone to Arkansas. So if Caleb Williams stays, which I think he's 90 percent sure now at this point, so uh, this looks good um, for next season. I was just a year wrong, guys. Like, you know, I, I picked him up early, hoping for this year's production, and he never played it down. So he just congested my uh, my bench, and I had to hold on to him because I can't, I like, can't let him go to waivers on a dynasty league. So it is what it is. But yes, I was a, I was a year off, uh, Jared. I, 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 I admit that 100%. <laughs> I mean, you, you weren't alone. Like, I'm looking here. He was drafted as the wide receiver 83 before the season. Yeah. Like, you're, again, you weren't alone, and then he just never played it down this season. I agree with you. Him returning to Oklahoma, I think, is big because that really yeah. does give them a set of three wide receivers that they can really, really use next year. Uh, I don't really see anybody behind them coming in and maybe threatening a job of Theo Weiss unless Theo Weiss really has just fallen off after these injuries. But yeah. I agree with you. I think he's going to be fine next year. But as for this year, definitely... Uh, 
definitely a stinker. <laughs> Big uh, old goose egg. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll go ahead and talk about my next guy. Oh. Uh, we're going to a quarterback here. And uh, man, oh man, was I a big believer in Derek King this offseason. Mm. Um, and really, a lot of it came down to, like, I was still chasing the Derek King from Houston. Uh, I really, I, I thought we were getting him at a discount this year because you're looking at him as, a, a, a again, a guy with an incredible dual threat ability at Houston, came to Miami, got injured several times, and you're just like, okay, maybe this is the finally the year you're getting, you're putting it all together. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I don't like to be that guy where it's like, oh, they've been injured a lot in the past. That definitely means they're going to get injured again this year. Uh, I got proven wrong on this one. Derek King is just, every time he came back from injury, he looked just a little bit worse which is always just a bad sign whenever you're dealing yep. with an injury-prone player. Like, you have guys that just constantly bounce back, and you can believe in them then, but, like, when they're constantly looking worse and worse after every injury, it's definitely a red flag, and it's a red flag I should have been seeing with Derek King. Uh, let me see real quick. He was drafted as the quarterback 17, finished as the quarterback 134. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he didn't play for most yeah. of the rest of the year. Uh, but def- definitely miss on this one. Should have seen this one coming. What are your thoughts, Brandon? Uh, luckily, I was uh, I've gotten burnt by Derek King in the past when I when I did the redraft. I of course was one of those guys that got the number one pick, and of course Derek King was the hot commodity at the uh, you know just like Malik Willis was this year. So of course you want to go for that dual threat quarterback. So I went for uh, Derek King, and of course he played only a few games and then he sat out and then of course midseason he's like uh, I'm gonna let Clayton Toon do his thing and I'm gonna I want to get out of here so yeah. of course it burnt me early so uh you know fooled me once and but at the same time like I was just hesitant and I just I love the I love the spot in Miami I mean I know what they're capable of but this isn't it's still not the same uh you from like the 80s and 90s as far as dominance uh, as far as defense and over on their running game or anything like that. So I was like, he would be a nice addition, but, and I, I liked him in Rambo. That was probably like the one that was the most enticing, but I was more willing to take a shot on Rambo than I was on King because I already got burnt. So for me, it was like, I already got burnt once. So I was, I was more hesitant. So I, I usually would skip him when I had an opportunity. I would uh, take a, I'd either take a wide receiver or a running back and then drop down and get another quarterback later in the round. So makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's talk about your second guy here. Uh, you got another yes. wide receiver. This time, it yes. looks like you picked one Bama receiver you were willing to die on a hill for, and what yes. happened, Brandon? What happened was uh, Baker, as well as uh, your guy there, Slade Bolden, and your later rounds there, they just didn't step up. Instead, the transfer, Jameson Williams, decided to blaze a trail that was ungodly to where this man is going to be highly drafted. He, he took the risk of leaving Oklahoma to go to Alabama. Wow, and uh yeah, that's right. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. From Ohio state. It's one of those wide receiver. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting, <laughs> <laughs> but he did take the chance Ohio state to Alabama and, uh, and Saban and his crew, uh, you know, took no qualms with that and started him right away. I was honestly, I was looking for the next guy. I, I picked Mechie very early and I knew Mechie was the, the main guy that we're looking at. He was the junior. So he was the seniority pick and Mechie caught on a little bit later on in the season. It took him a little while to get started, but I was looking for the second wide receiver. I was hoping to have wide receiver one and two for Alabama and I picked the wrong wide receiver guys. So straight up, I, you know, look, I like Baker's tape. I think he was a four star if I wasn't mistaken. So um, like I said, just had potential and I thought playing out of a slot or maybe, a you know, the second on the other side of, uh, of 
of Mechie. I thought maybe that would be a good pairing, but uh, Baker really never never came to be. Uh, Jameson Williams, you're the man. So, <laughs> I mean, he a- absolutely was the man. Williams was drafted as a wide receiver, 137. Yeah, so that was a everybody great, got great a pickup. Everybody got a steal there. Um, yep. And but it also it wasn't a bad strategy for people this off season. Like when we didn't know who the wide receiver two for Bam was going to be, it, you just yeah. took your just shot took with shot. guys. Uh, yeah. You took your shot with Javon Baker. I took my shots with Treshawn Holden, Slade Bolden. Both of them ended up being bust too. Um, yeah. Some people took their shots on some freshman wide receivers, which again I don't blame you because again we've seen guys like Jalen Waddle, guys like Devonte Smith, uh, guys like Jerry oh, yeah. Judy just immediately come in and produce and for Bama. Um, yeah. But again, sometimes you just got to take your lumps, and you were really big on Javon Baker this offseason, and, well, good sir, you were wrong. Dead wrong. What were you thinking? <laughs> Speaking of uh, crazy wrong things, uh, or oh, not man. believing in freshmen, I was one of the guys this offseason that was really against the idea that Travion Henderson was set to come into the Ohio State running back room and just immediately take over i thought Mm. ohio state would have plenty of guys behind or already there that would possibly do well now i was not a master teague fan one guy that as the season really kind of approached uh that i was really big on was mayan williams mayan williams struck me as the kind of guy who could surprise everybody and end up being that number one running back for uh ohio state uh by the way appalachia state just scored like a 60 yard touchdown Oh my god, this game is amazing. It, this this is such an amazing game. Um, but even still, um, I, I was big on Mike Williams. I drafted him on several of my leagues, and I'm like, alrighty, I'm ready to get a discount on who's going to be the lead back at Ohio State because Travion Henderson was going too high for my taste, and I was wrong. Like by week four, Henderson was clearly the better <laughs> back and was clearly on his way to being like the main guy there. Especially with Mike Williams constantly getting injured, like things yep. just weren't looking up there. And I was wrong. So, Brandon, what do you think? Um, it, it was different for me. Uh, I was big on Henderson's tape. Like I said, I'm a freshman guy. It's just something that I kind of like to do is just watch tape and, you know, kind of look at the tangibles, see what the scouts think about this guy. And immediately out the gate, they're saying that this guy could easily be a first rounder in the NFL draft. And I was like, are you, are you sure? But then I looked at the huddle tape and I saw how – crazy good that Henderson really was I was never a master Teague guy I mean I, I knew he was just kind of there I mean it was the J.K. Dobbins show for a long long time there before he you know got uh got drafted but I I didn't think he was going to go away necessarily so I had my hesitations honestly I thought this might have been a uh Teague and uh and Williams like thing and then Henderson would be sprinkled in there just mm-hmm. to kind of keep his legs fresh but no they they went with a hot hand as soon as Henderson Henderson's talent's just uh, absolutely absurd it's just ridiculous that, that what that man's capable of and like i said i don't i don't think he goes but like another year maybe two and then he's he's gonna he's gonna go to nfl and be a first round pick possibly so he's an absolute stud he's gonna put up much more highlights everyone's gonna be talking about him like he's another saquon probably coming out of the out of uh cff probably. so um he's and he's got the moves to do it i mean he's not as big on the bottom as, as barkley is as far as his quads and stuff but at the same time, like he can still cut just as good and just peel people off of him like it's nobody's business. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely uh, thought Henderson could do it. I just thought maybe this might be a seniority year and maybe they took the risk on Tegan Williams first. So I was wrong with you too, man. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I was a real knucklehead for that one. And speaking of knuckleheads, you got one here as your third guy here. <laughs> the uh, biggest one. 
So what do you, who do you got as your third, uh, what was I thinking kind of kind of player? Well, that was Mr. Tion Dollard of Akron, the Zips, man. Uh, luckily, I got another Zip later on in uh, in waivers. Good old uh, Kanata Mumfield is no longer a Zip, and he's uh, getting some great offers. So I'm glad I made up for that. But Tion Dollard was the guy coming in from the, the summertime. He was the main back out of Akron. And that when they ran the ball, Tion Dollard owned the backfield. He was the bell cow. However, he got himself in a lot of trouble in the, uh, the summertime there. And literally, this was as we were drafted. Our dynasty league, I picked up ten dollars, and then literally about uh, I would say about fifty minutes later, and then uh, I, I kept him for a couple weeks until we got the thing where he was uh, he was no longer with the team. So I definitely give him there as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so real quick. for sure. Um. So and again, I I'm with you. Like before everything and all the weapons charges and everything like that, I would have happily have taken Tion Dollard as a high draft pick because he clearly was doing well at Akron before that point. Um, but obviously things just don't work out well for the, us there. Uh, I'll go to my fourth guy and longtime listeners of the show know how much this breaks my heart to put this man on this list, but I have to, I have to take my lumps here, DeAndre or Demontre Tuggle out of Tug Ohio. Boat. What was that? The tugboat. The tugboat. Yes. Honk, honk. Sad honk, honk. Um, <laughs> so we're like, y'all, I I was way too high on this, man. I was very excited because I figured like, oh, this will be my guy for the season. Like, I'm really going to bang this drum. I think he, if he can continue to be that guy at Ohio, like once Maction came around, he would be like the guy you would want to own. And mm. God, what a terrible, terrible... Uh, because I again he finished as the RB55, which isn't terrible, but I was having this guy up in like my top 15 running backs for this year, so I was way, way too high on him. And then just looking at his season production, he had a terrible start to the season. Um, and then even when he got into Maction, he only hit above 20 points once, uh, so right. definitely not what you want to see, especially when you guys like got guys like Bryant Kobeck out there and Lou Nichols, just not very mm. impressive. Again, sad face. Uh, and also, yeah, he only hit a RB20 or better in a single week once this season. so Or yeah. uh, t- twice this season, excuse me. So definitely not a top 12 guy that I was pushing out there. I'm a very big knucklehead for that one. At least we both believed in Mac running backs at one point, so that's good. <laughs> I still believe in them. You just got to pick the right ones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and move on to your fourth guy. You got a running back too. What do you got? Yeah, DJ Williams, he was the transfer to Florida State. Thought, uh, you know, he had the talent. There's a reason why he was transferring. I thought Florida State was going to give him the go. Um, I mean, I know there was still competition there, but I thought at least he would be like an RB2 and maybe split the carries, kind of like a uh, – we all thought maybe Charbonnet and Brown might do the same, where it just split down the middle 50-50. Mm-hmm. And DJ Williams continued to not only be, uh, you know, uh, injury prone, but also he just never really touched the field very much at all. So he's uh, pretty much – one of those guys, I just thought maybe I could get in there and maybe he could take over and maybe wind up as RB1 for Florida State, and, and that, that didn't happen. So my strategy was uh, for this one. Yeah, just a little bit off. Uh, I, just a I, little. I think Corbin was definitely always going to be that, that main guy there. Yeah. And then behind him, whether DJ Williams would be uh, the number two or Toofili would be the number two. I don't think I don't think I, any of us really saw coming the idea that DJ Williams is just going to be a non-factor for a, yeah, for Florida gone. State this year. Just yeah. nothing. So uh, maybe that was a year early. We'll find out though. Could be, could be. 
Uh, we got my fifth and final guy here, and this isn't a guy. This is a whole team, technically. Whole I figure I'd throw you guys a curveball <laughs> here. By the way, Bailey Zapp just scored another touchdown. Uh, yes, the record. There we go. Well, no, he, no that, he's already broken the record. He's now two touchdowns okay. over. 62 uh, then overall. What a goat. Good God, man. Um, anyway. The, he's a goat. I... I decided to put a DST on here, give you guys a curveball, and again, pat myself on, pat my boys on the back here. But Georgia's DST to me, I thought people were drafting them too high. I thought that, like, I was like, I'll wait a little bit, get a better value at DST later. I don't think they're going to really be that much of a tier above everybody else, along with like Bama's defense and Clemson's defense that people were drafting. Uh, I was wrong on that. Georgia beat every other defense, uh, their DST beat. Every other DST by 50 points on the season. 50. Mm-hmm. Not 15. 50. And these yeah. defenses only scored, like, Georgia scored 350 points. So the yeah. next team was 300. Like, that mm-hmm. is an insane difference right big there. big jump. Yep. So I was wrong not to believe in my boys. I should have drafted Georgia's DST everywhere that I uh, should have gone for. Uh, but even still, that's my final guy. Brandon, who's your final guy? My final guy is Mr. Davis Allen from Clemson. So, you know, I, I forget what's going on earlier. It's been a few months, but there was some issues with, I forget the first tight end, tight end one there at Clemson, but he was having issues off the field. So I was like, all right, sweet. And we saw one game of DJU last year when Trevor Lawrence didn't play, when we all thought DJU was going to be the hotness, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to pick up the tight end one for Clemson and that'll be sweet. Yeah, no, not only did Davis Allen stay at tight end too, but DJU uh, just never produced enough to really have that, that type of weapons that we can, and you guys can see it on uh, Jared's, uh, you know, Twitter and stuff like that, as far as the wide receivers and the running backs there at Clemson, you drafted them fairly high. They didn't live up to their expectations in the draft. Um, and DJU just doesn't look like that guy. And, you know, I've been one of those guys to say that out loud. Uh, I just, I think it's time for uh, a guy that you talked about in a previous episode. So uh, we'll see if the freshman can uh, can win that job here next year. But I, I got a I got a strong feeling that Kate uh, Klubnik might be that guy in, in, in Clemson next year. But wrong tight end, man. Just uh, I tried to pick up something. Luckily, this is late rounds, like round 22, 23 or something mm-hmm. like that. So I was just shooting my shot and then uh, wind up dropping them like two weeks later. So <laughs> it is what it is. You Probably really, not even that you, far. No, and then you know I picked up Kanata Mumfield, and that was that man. So I was like, go. I was I was happy with the outcome, but yeah, missed on Davis Allen. So yeah, those are some of our biggest uh, misses of the season. Whether we were too high or too low on some guys, and we just wanted to you know air out our dirty laundry here, let you guys know that we're not perfect, and uh, it's okay to get players wrong. Like you, all you, the the biggest thing is that you gotta just learn your lessons. Why did you get it wrong, and figure out how to make yourself better in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that out of the way go ahead and move on to segment two we're going to bring you guys some transfer portal news a little bit of a shorter segment today not as much big news as we've been getting recently so we'll go ahead and take a look at that it's transfer portal news all right, so we got three players here today that we want to talk to you guys about. Uh, three quarterbacks. Uh, for some reason, wide receivers and running backs just are not announcing where they want to go, even if they're in the transfer portal. Nope. Or they're probably waiting until after the bowl games and such to decide whether or not they'll be transferring or not. We'll figure all that stuff out later. It'll provide us plenty of content down the, down the road. But Absolutely. let's talk about some of these quarterbacks. Uh, first up, we got Mr. Max Johnson. 
quarterback out of LSU just announced that he will be joining his brother at the University of Texas A&M. I don't think that's how you say that at all. I think I messed it up. I think my friend what? Tex is at University of Texas A&M. Is that, it's is Texas A&M. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Texas or just A&M. A&M. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know it was like University of. I don't know. I'm sure. No, I'm sure my friend Tex will let me know later. Um, yeah, our, bo- our boy Mitch is a Texas A&M guy, so I'm sure he'll 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 correct us later. Did not know that. I, I, good, <laughs> good to know for the future. He likes them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even still, um, I find this transfer pretty interesting. Um, I do too. Yeah. I Max Johnson clearly is a starting caliber quarterback for the SEC. He's been doing it for LSU. Beat out Miles Brennan. Well, Miles Brennan also helped the fact that he got injured. But even still, like. Uh, led LSU against Florida last year, uh, led them to some pretty big wins this year, uh, held them, uh, kept them close against Bama this year. Um, so I think it's interesting for him to move to A&M. And, but to me, it, it's also kind of weird because like you would think that A&M, there's not a really guarantee of him being a starter here because Haynes King's coming back from injury. I don't think Connor Wigman is... Uh, Garrett, like some people are like, oh, he's going to be the starting quarterback year one. You're not he's paying not guaranteed, him. but he's he's going to compete very hard for it for sure. Uh, I'm really sure good. I'm sure he'll compete, but also I don't even if he seems like the best in the room, I don't think mm-hmm. Jimbo is ready to put a true freshman out there as the starting quarterback immediately. I would be very surprised if that happened. Uh, now Max Johnson and Haynes King, I think both are going to be. In, I think they're going to be the ones competing for the starting job, but also like. It sounds like Haynes King really is their guy before he went down with mm-hmm. injury this year. And so I'd be surprised if Max Johnson beats him out. So if you own Max Johnson on your dynasty, like you got to be hating this. What do you think, Brandon? I mean, it was a dead giveaway because of his brother signing. So Johnson was shortcoming behind him. I, I mean, I get it wanting to be with your sibling and stuff like that, enjoy the college years together. But you got to look out at yourself, man, especially if you're trying to get into to the NFL. Like, this is a clogged back, you know, clogged uh, room here. And mm-hmm. he's got some strong competition. Um, I think they even got one more guy that's on there that I think uh, might even compete too. So they got like four strong quarterbacks trying to compete for one spot. Um, if they can keep one of them, even if they can keep one of these guys afterwards, like they got to, you know, they probably have the best quarterback room in the country. So, but, uh, you know, I'm assuming as soon as someone wins, the the rest are probably transferring out or whatever. But I think Max Johnson using his only one here, I think he's dedicated to stick around at least for the season. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm a Haynes King guy. Uh, I think he'll wind up winning the whole thing. I think Wayman is really, really good. And I think he might push for the second spot, to be very honest with you. Uh, Max Johnson, I liked him the best over Miles Brennan. I was a Max Johnson believer. I know there was the uh, battle between Brennan and Johnson there at uh, LSU. And with Brennan returning to LSU, uh, I think Brian Kelly will actually give uh, Brennan a fair shot against Walker Howard coming in. So mm-hmm. he's always been, uh, I mean, he, you know, he played Jack. Meyer. Yeah, that's true. That's your boy. Yeah, we keep talking about him too. Don't sleep on him either. So we have a wide, you know, QB battle over there in, in LSU as well. Uh, now, uh, you know, Fisher, he has talked highly of Connor Wyman. Like he said that that was his oh, yeah. guy and like he sought him out all year long and he talked very high level on 24 seven sports. Now this might be just talk because they wanted them to sign on the dotted line and stuff like that. This could be just coach one to get him in the door. Uh, but at the same time, like out of all of the players, cause Texas A&M had a fantastic recruiting here in the first part, we still got February to come in contact with, but uh, the one guy he talks about the most is Wayman. So uh We'll see, man, but I don't think – I think Max Johnson kind of shot himself in the foot here on this this transfer. I think he should have kept it open a little bit longer and looked around a little bit more. But I understand the sibling thing, and, uh, you know, best of luck to Mr. Johnson here as he goes to Texas A&M. 
I, I think this is almost Max Johnson waving the white flag in terms of him being an NFL quarterback. I, I didn't really hear a lot of NFL scouts really talking about him, even after yeah. starting a full year at LSU. I think he realizes that's just probably not going to be his future. So he figures, you know, let's focus on my brother's career at this point. His brother was the number one tight end in the class. Yes, so he's, he's probably fantastic. he's probably going over there to A&M to just make sure he supports his brother going forward. Makes um, sense. We'll see. Maybe you know, stranger things have happened. Like nobody thought mm-hmm. Zach Calzada was going to be the starting quarterback for Texas A and M throughout this entire year. But yeah, you never know. Uh, we'll move on to the second quarterback here. We got Mr. Adrian Martinez transferring from Nebraska to Kansas State. Mm. This one's interesting to me, Brandon. You went. Mm. What do you think? I, it's just weird to see him not in red and white, if that makes sense. Like just to see the the graphic of him, like in Kansas State uh, uniform, was just weird, especially after what five years, I think, four or five years. Uh, I think this and, is the third year. Okay, it feels like five or, years. Uh, right? third, third, third or fourth. <laughs> uh, you're right. It does it does feel like he's been at Nebraska forever? Martinez is like he's just that guy. He just he won't die. Like he just <laughs> he keeps coming back, man. And I'm not saying that in the mean way. I'm just, you know, like as far as like he just won't, uh, he just won't relent. He's he's, and uh, he was Scott Frost's guy. And I get like he just wants one more shot in a different system. I like the spot, Kansas State. I think they're a running, they're a running team. So I mean, this makes sense for a lot of RPO. Um, I think they've gotten. I haven't seen the wide receivers that have come in the portal yet, or if they've gotten one yet. But there's an opportunity there to kind of become a wide receiver one over there with Martinez. Martinez gets it done with his legs first. Um, but, I mean, he's been proven to throw it down. He's just not that guy that blazes it 50-plus yards or anything like that all the time. However, at one point, Adrian Martinez, like, he was a uh, he was my header for CFFU when I first started because he was, like, the – he was my guy, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to do De'Aaron King. I wanted to, I wanted to back Martinez, and he was QB two at the time. So it's like, you know, it just didn't pan out to the way it needed to be. Whether it be injury or he just, you know, gets, he just has a bad game and gets sat down and stuff like that. But he's got a new opportunity at Kansas State. I like the fit, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. I don't know. It's intriguing, but we'll see if he can drop. If he can drop a little bit in drafts, I'm, I'm intrigued if he can get down there to, you know the double digit uh, rounds that might be that might be worth a pickup for sure so i mean what do you think man so one of my guys that i kind of really pushed this year was skylar thompson out of kansas yep. state and i'm not going to pretend like he had himself a great year because he kept getting injured uh but skylar thompson like when he played flourished in the kansas state offense mm-hmm. and i think adrian martinez is an upgrade over skylar thompson i think he's a better I runner i think he's also a better passer now i don't think adrian martinez is the best passer in the world don't get me wrong but even yeah. still, it's more than enough for him to flourish in this system at Kansas State. Guys like Deuce Vaughn to work with, got guys like Malik mm-hmm. Knowles at wide receiver to work with. I think that this is a pretty good fit for him, and I think that uh, uh, Coach uh, Kleiman can. I think he can use utilize him well. It sounds like uh, pretty much as soon as as soon as he left Nebraska, this was pretty much in the works for quite a while. I was hearing rumors about this for a good minute here, so it sounds like they kind of. Uh, as soon as he left, started planning this out and everything, I think they are bringing him there as somebody to use. I don't yeah. really even think there's going to be that much of a competition if Thompson does come back, because I love Thompson to death. I don't think he's one that really elevates that offense. I think Adrian yeah. Martinez could possibly elevate that offense, especially playing in the Big 12 there. I like the fit overall. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah, he creates a spark, and this is his graduate transfer. Like, this is his last season. So, like, Martinez is going to have to do what he's got to do if he wants any 
you know, I don't know if he's trying for the NFL, but if he just wants to go down and, you know, and college level glory, I mean, this is, this is a good way to go about it for sure. Mm. All right. We'll have one last transfer here. And that is going to be our third and final quarterback. We got Mr. Casey Thompson transferring away from Texas. Obviously this comes right off the heels of Quinn Ewers transferring to Texas. I have to imagine Hudson card will probably not be very far behind at this point i'm actually yeah constantly looking at my phone at this point a lot again once again if, if you guys are watching this on youtube you'll see my eyes kind of flick down to my phone constantly because <laughs> i constantly keep yeah. getting updates about new players uh what they're doing declaring for the draft stuff like that i just need to keep keep myself notified um but anyway we're talking about casey thompson here and mm-hmm. the thing that struck me was that immediately after going to the transfer portal immediately a Crystal ball was placed in there for him to TCU. Yep. And I find that a very, very interesting fit. Uh, Max Duggan's still there. Uh, we'll find out whether or not uh, Sonny Dykes uh, likes him or not. But it sounds like if Casey Thompson does go there, it sounds like that this might be Sonny Dykes' guy moving forward for yep. TCU rather than Max Duggan, which I kind of find pretty interesting. Uh, and I have to imagine if thompson does come in that uh probably chandler morris probably doesn't last much longer there at tcu no. uh but what, what are your thoughts on this brandon so uh going into the the season i did like thompson a little bit more of a herd um i know it was like neck and neck for some people but i did just like how fluent that thompson was if that makes sense in the pocket just mm-hmm. he seemed like more uh more like the general more like he knew what he was doing in the pocket and uh, you have a point, like you have Malik Murphy coming in as well for Texas. He's a four-star uh, quarterback. So uh, we all know yours is playing, but if yours ever gets hurt, they already have a great backup already ready to go in Texas. So Texas is looking up at the QB position. Uh, however, I thought Casey Thompson would probably, uh, if he stuck around, he definitely would have been QB two. Um, I, w- I was expecting her first before Thompson. So this is interesting. That makes me believe that uh, maybe Thompson's had some conversations with some coaches or maybe he just, knew where he was going. looks like he's going to stay in the state of Texas. I think it would be a great fit. I don't think uh, Duggan would have a shot in, in you know, Hades against Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like uh, I like Chandler Moore, so I think it would be a great bat- – a, a better battle. But I think overall, I think this might be Dykes' guy. It's just making a, making a new start there at TCU, just starting over. I think Dykes might – this is, might be his big splash, bringing Thompson in to TCU, which – I would love to see, man. Uh, it would be pretty cool, sweet. Uh, I would love to see a TCU-Texas rematch. That would be that'd be something I would oh want God, to see for sure. Especially with the way TCU versus versus Texas yeah. over the past couple of years. Like, that would be, yeah. that'd be just even something more. And who knows? Maybe, uh, I don't know if Zach Evans has looked elsewhere, but this might entice Evans to might want to stick around at TCU. So we'll see how that goes. But My current prediction for Zach Evans is that he goes to Jackson State. That would be surprised, man. I, I, Dion's doing I, big if, things. If I'm being re- like, he's already talked about how he really wanted to play for, or he wanted Dion to come to TCU. Yeah, uh, he's already like been very vocal about that, and like Zach mm-hmm. Evans has been that kind of player that he's just like, screw it, I do what I want. Yeah. Um. So I could absolutely see him just tra- like seeing Travis Hunter go to Jackson State and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and like there was rumors about how there might be another five star uh, committing to Jackson yeah. State. They didn't say in this class. No, they just said coming up. <laughs> so I think that Zach Evans possibly might be transferring to Jackson State, which would suck for CFF owners of him. He's going yeah. to the FCS. But yeah, because we play FBS. I don't think no one's created an FCS. Yeah, I think we'd have to custom make that one if we did. We would. Um, but it's not out of the realm of an FCS player to do it. I mean, look at guys like um, Carson Wentz and, of course, all oh, these yeah. guys from San Diego State 
or no, excuse me, uh, South Dakota State, SDSU, sorry, gets in my head. Um, but at the same time, like we've seen FCS guys be taken, if, if they got the talent, they just outshine everybody else. And I think that's what Travis Hunter is hoping for as well, is that he'll be drafted still pretty highly in the NFL. And he's just going to beat out every FCS like wide receiver known to man, basically. So Exactly. Uh, but yeah. Right. Uh, so those are our three transfer portals. Again, only three today. Not not a ton going on in transfer portal news. As soon as I as soon as we stop this recording, I guarantee you we're gonna we're gonna like three or four big names are gonna drop like where they're going or they're entering the transfer portal. It's gonna yep. be a mess because uh, that's just how things have gone. But anyway, we're gonna move on to our third segment, and we got eight bowl games that we're gonna kind of talk about here. Uh, really, just players that we're kind of looking out for in these games. Who mm-hmm. are we going to like? Or we're gonna predict which uh, which teams win these matchups, um, and then I would love love to talk about prize picks, prop picks for fantasy scores, but they don't have those out yet because uh, prize Not picks yet. is taking their sweet time with that, which is fine. Like they're a so company, they can do it. Uh, but anyway, first bowl game we got up for this week. This is gonna be the Monday game. We got the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Old Dominion versus Tulsa on. Mm. ESPN at 2.30 on Monday, like I said already. And uh, one word for this game. Ugh. I'm not going to lie. This is, this is not a very exciting bowl for me. But also the thing that intrigues me already, I think the wrong team's favored in this game. And they're, they're, I think the, the team that is favored is favored by way too much. Old Dominion yeah. has had a very surprisingly good offense throughout mm-hmm. most of their games this season. Like I get it. I, I, I get it. They play C, uh, CUSA. Mm-hmm. A, a defensively challenged conference. Don't get me wrong, but are you going to sit there and tell me that Tulsa isn't the kind of team that could, on a bad day, start giving up a ton of points to this old Dominion team? And Tulsa's losing people on their offense left and right. Sam Crawford, yeah. one of their biggest wide receivers, has already entered the transfer portal. I think he went yeah, to Rice. Gone. I think they yeah. he announced that he went to Rice. Yeah, a little more. Uh, you know, little CMC needed uh, needed another wide receiver one, so maybe exactly. that might be the guy. We'll see. Maybe, but again, like Tulsa doesn't strike me as the kind of team that if Old Dominion does start start scoring on them, that they can win a shootout of that kind. And I don't think nine nine points just way too many too much. Even if you don't think Old Dominion is going to, even if you don't think Old Dominion is going to win the game, I think you can expect them to keep this game within nine points. I don't know. What do you think about this, Brandon? Uh, I also agree. I think. Uh... We're looking at probably an upset with Old Dominion. I like the I like the closeness. I think people sleep on uh, Old Dominion a little bit more than they should. They have some key pieces. Um, I of course drawing a blank of when I'm trying to you know say it on here live, but at the same time, uh, Old Dominion's got a good wide receiver and uh, the quarterback is a good. He's a good general. I mean, he knows how to uh, make right decisions. He's not completely turnover prone or anything like that. So I think they definitely keep it close. Minus nine for Tulsa. That's a little bit much, man. I definitely think this comes down to probably, I'd probably swing it plus three for Old Dominion if I had to really guess. So mm. Again, definitely, it feels like the pro or the, uh, it was like the odds makers know something here that I don't because that seems like a way yeah. too fat of a line for me. Uh, who knows? Maybe I put some money down and maybe make some free money in my mind. There we go. But even still, uh, players I'm watching out for, again, Blake Watson, the running back slash wide receiver for Old Dominion, who really has just kind of come along. Um, mm-hmm. And then with Tulsa, if um, if Davis Brin does come back another year, I do want to see maybe with Crawford gone, is there another wide receiver that kind of steps up here, whether that's uh, Juan Carlos Santana, whether mm-hmm. that is uh, maybe Keelan Stokes makes a return. 
Uh, maybe um, right. I'm trying to remember the name. It's not Sam Crawford. There's another one off the top of my head. Uh, I can't think of it. Anyway, um, I'm looking at the wide receivers situation there at Tulsa. Might find somebody there. Uh, but yeah. overall, there's just not a ton to be excited about in this game. Any final thoughts, Brandon, before we move on? Nope, i just say uh, it's going to be closer than a negative nine, but maybe, like I said, maybe Vegas knows something that we don't, but, uh, you know, some pieces missing out of Tulsa makes for a closer game. So just watch out for Old Dominion for those that are betting, betting this week. So Absolutely. All right, move on to probably my favorite name of a bowl game. Uh, it's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. That's the jam. Uh, gotta love that. I, I've seen people, like, rag on this name before they're like that's just a ridiculous name for a bowl i'm like yes and it's beautiful mm-hmm. um anyway who are the teams playing in this well we got kent state and we're playing yeah. wyoming wyoming the three-point favorite in this game and this, on, this is espn 330 on tuesday december 21st uh mm-hmm. i'll be real once again i feel like the wrong team's favorite here and i, I guess when it comes to these out-of-conference matchups especially mac versus like the mountain west uh, mm-hmm. Things kind of get a little funky there because, like, I've seen Kent State's offense do some ungodly things to teams that let them score, and we've seen Wyoming have a good defense a lot this year. Don't get me wrong, but also mm-hmm. I've seen them let up some on some teams that scored heavily on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen Wyoming uh, do well in shootouts. Um, yeah. I I don't really know what much to think about this game again obviously the guys that i want to see here dustin crumb i have to imagine he's going to play one last time in this game try to get himself on the eyes of some nfl scouts because i imagine he's going to the nfl after this year um, try it. i think sven the um titus sven the running back for wyoming is going to be a name i'm watching here because if validate mm-hmm. does declare for the draft or just graduates and disappears um i definitely want to see what he can do here uh, what are some names that you're looking out for? What do you What do you think about this game? The same. I like the combo of Valaday and Swin. Uh, Swin's going to take over here probably next year, as I believe Valaday is worth a look in the NFL. I think he has the tangibles, uh, especially for the past couple of years. He keeps his feet going, so he definitely knows how to adjust and keep it keep it pushing. So I think Valaday should look at the NFL. If not, then like I said, we have the new spring leagues that he could get better in like the USFL and XFL here next year. So there's other options now, not just, uh, not just the NFL, but I think Valaday has a shot to probably get in the late rounds as far as an NFL draft. Um, but I love Swin. He's the, he's the next up and comer guy. And I also like the sophomore, uh, uh, what is it? Isaiah Neor? Nayor? Nayor. Nayor. Yeah. I like him as the top target. I think he's going to get some looks as well. And then uh, I, I guess it depends on which one. Is it Chambers at a start or is it Williams at a start? Do you remember? Uh, I believe Chambers is the guy Chambers who gets back. it when, whenever he's healthy, yes. Okay, so Chambers and Nayor. I like that combination if you're looking for like a stack on DFS or if you're just looking for a prize prop, you know, if it comes up mm-hmm. and it's showing not so much for Nayor, I like it. He's doing 16 points for per game as far as fantasy points, it looks like on fan mm-hmm. tracks. So like if he's like at a prop at like 14 or under, I'd take the over on that for sure. That would be a nice, uh, a nice, because it's Kent State. I mean, they can't stop the run and they, can oh, they can't stop, stop anything. The they can't stop nothing. That's, they're in the top 120s of, every, of both. So, um, so uh, at the same time, Wyoming's been known to drop the ball sometimes too. So I think Crumb's going to get a little action there. So uh, what do you what do you what do you pick on uh, on Kent State side as far as wide receiver? Who do you who are you thinking? 
Well, I mean, Dante Cephas is clearly the guy that you're going to yeah. want to continue to watch. If he continues to be that guy and comes back again next year, you have to assume he'll be the guy again at Kent State. And that's always a very, very lucrative uh, position to own in CFF, whether it be Dynasty or Redraft. Um, yep. One thing I'm interested to see as well, the running game for uh, Kent State, if they don't fall behind again. Marquez Cooper mm. and Xavier Williams, I'd like to see how that continues to be split because it looks like Cooper was the guy for a while, but he had a terrible game against NIU. Granted, yeah, they didn't give him... burned us. <laughs> yeah, I say, that, that, was not, that was not a very good time for us. That was not us. fun. Um, no, no, it was not. <laughs> but even still... Um, um, but even still, I, in terms of other guys I'm looking out for, like I like Nakeem Johnson. Um, maybe we finally see uh, some Deshaun Polk. Maybe he finally shows up. Like we can, he Possibly. can take take over as the next guy after Nakeem Johnson probably leaves after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what I'm picking for this game, again, I can see the argument for both, and I have. You know what? Actually, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my ESPN account, and I'm going to oh, look snap. up what I picked in the bowl league that I'm in. There you go. <laughs> like, which one did I take? I'm like, I'm like, who did I take in this one? I can, I, honestly... I can see you picking Wyoming just as like, just by a glance. You're like, oh, Wyoming. And then you probably went on. Um, Was I right? Let's see. I picked Kent State. Oh, wow. Okay. And the, okay. the, the breakdown on this uh, in terms of the pick is 51 Wyoming, 49 Kent State. So very clearly people just think this is going to yeah, be a close one. Yeah. So. Might be. What do you, what do you think? Who, who are you picking for this one? I like Vegas. I'm gonna go minus three with Wyoming. I think the field goal wins it or something like that in the end or Fair overtime, enough. something like that. All right, let's move on to our next game. We got the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Uh, people complain about bowl names and then they never bring this one up. Uh, <laughs> but this is actually a really good matchup in my opinion. We got the mm-hmm. Roadrunners of UTSA, a two-point favorite over the Aztecs of San Diego State. This is on ESPN on at 7.30 on Tuesday, the 21st. Brandon, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts on this game? What are you looking for? So San Diego State is still really, really good at defense. Um, I think they rate pretty highly against the run. Um, luckily, Frank Harris and crew are very good at passing, or they're good at the run-pass option, so they make you miss. And they're also really good at um, doing those trick plays, usually once or twice every game, where mm-hmm. it'll look like you're doing that, and Frank Harris moves out as a wide receiver, and then, boom, they bomb it to Frank Harris and either gets a touchdown or he almost gets a touchdown. So San Diego State will probably be looking for something like that. However, knowing UTSA and how creative that team has been as far as their offense, uh, definitely think uh, – that they could come up with something against San Diego State to try to keep them off because they're going to have to because San Diego State is very disciplined. So I think our boy Sincere McCormick might have a lackadaisical day. I'm not – last time we bet on Sincere against him, <laughs> McCormick burned us both. God, dude, that was so, awful. So let's face it, like I'm scared day. to even say that, but uh, San Diego State is even better of a uh, of a defense than uh, Northern, I- uh, Northern Illinois was against the run. So I'm uh, – you know, I don't want to say that McCormick's not going to get some points. I'm just saying he's not going to do like he did against Northern Illinois, if that makes sense. So I'd say Frank Harris on the UTSA side. And then I forget, I think UTSA is actually really good against the run. So I would probably temper the expectations on Greg Bell. So I'd probably look at one of the wide receivers for San Diego State to kind of break out in this game. I just don't know which one. No, uh-huh, so makes sense. Maybe you can help me. Maybe it might be, I don't know, is Bellinger, uh, is he? In the pool no, now, or is he I'm gone? pretty. Sh- I, I think he has opted out of the bowl, if I remember correctly. Okay. Or he's injured or something like that. I, I just remember that he's not playing. 
In this so game. it might be uh it might be a this uh, the guy that's been emerging, Jesse Matthews. I think okay. he's doing like eleven fantasy points a game. He might be a sneaky price pick too. So might be something to look into. If they even offer him. Again, they, they've been pretty stingy on yeah. which players they've been offering uh props picks yeah. for. Um that's if he's available, yeah. I pretty much agree with you everywhere. Like again, UTSA, there's so many fun options on that offense to keep an eye out for. You got Harris, you got uh McCormick actually I think McCormick opted out of this game if I remember correctly I think he's did he I think declare for the draft declare for the draft okay well then he's fine um it'll be obviously then like that's a point of contention like you gotta you gotta look at so who's the next man up who's the next man up there running back uh is are they as efficient as McCormick was are they getting Mm -hmm. the carry load that McCormick was getting uh definitely be interesting to see there uh San Diego State there's not a lot very exciting there They've won a lot of games in the most boring of fashions, it feels like, this year. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pick with my heart here. I'm going to take the UT. I'm going to take the Rome Runners. They're two-point favorites, but I'm going to take them. Uh, they've had a great year so far, and I think they're a team that's very, very tight, and I think they're going to get one last win here in the Frisco Bowl. I like that. I'm probably going to lean San Diego State just because of the discipline of the defense. I think they find a way to – Slow down the Roadrunners, the Meep Meeps, and and get it done. Uh, I would say, let's see, what's the line going on? It They're is two points towards negative two. Yeah, the Roadrunners. I say probably like maybe like plus three. San Diego State, maybe a field goal, or maybe even a touchdown, even or something. So that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the CUSA champions, the Meep Meeps. Yes. All right, let's hit up our fourth game here. We got the Missouri Tigers against the uh, just Army, Army. just <laughs> like Armed Forces Bowl in the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, <laughs> who, what a what a joke! Uh, like somebody got a, a laugh out of putting oh, Missouri, man. who has the worst rushing defense in the country, against <laughs> friggin' Army, who does nothing but run the ball and just confuses mm-hmm. a defense completely. Now, granted, yep. Missouri has a month to prepare for this game, so I hope they're taking that time to improve that rushing <laughs> defense. Oh, man. Arby's <laughs> um, oh a four-point favorite in this game. This is going to be on ESPN at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, December 22nd. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's hard for me not to just go ahead and pick Army here. Like, Missouri hasn't been a super impressive team all year long. Definitely one of these SEC teams that kind of got a bowl game by the skin of their teeth. I think they mm-hmm. ended the season 6-6. Six and six. Um just not very just not very impressive throughout most of the season. Army's been up mm-hmm. and down. Army's coming off a loss to Navy, which came out of friggin' nowhere. Um, yeah. Navy was not doing very well, and then all of a sudden they beat Army. But that's why you love rivalry games in, in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like obviously, Tyler Beatty hasn't declared for the draft yet, so I imagine he's still playing in this game. He's playing, yeah. So I, I have to imagine that he's going to be somebody else to watch, and he's going to be the guy that you are going to want to bet on. Uh, in mm-hmm. this game, I don't know. Any other? Th- who else are you looking for, Brandon? Well, one I think it's hilarious. It's the Armed Forces Bowl, and you go up against you go up against Army, and they threw Missouri in there, which has been like not saying the laughing stock, but the ones we have the best time with probably the whole entire season. So oh, you're yeah. right. Some someone's got a sick and twisted mind up there in the bowl selections, and they're like, yeah, let's just throw Missouri up against Army and see what happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> I will say for the record that this might be the last you see of uh, Missouri not being great on offense. There is a lot of 
great stuff coming for Missouri. And I'll say that without going to detail or talking about freshman incoming or anything like that. But Missouri has been setting themselves up for success. They have a, a great recruiting class coming in and they're not done. 2023 actually looks really good for them too. So this might be the last we get to joke about them. However, they got a lot of defense they got to work on. Bless you. Thank you. I tried to hold <laughs> um, that one in and it just escaped me. It's all good. Uh, I would look for Christian Anderson, of course, the quarterback course. Uh, from Army. He's going to run a lot and oh, yeah. maybe pass maybe five or 10 yards and then run some more. Um, and then, of course, uh, what's the name? I think Tyrell Robinson is the running back, the one, the sophomore now that's doing a little bit better. He's yes. about 11 fantasy points per game-ish, I think, right now. So I would look at Robinson and Anderson. That's all you people I can really recommend in army. And then honestly, don't look at any wide receivers. Don't look at the quarterback from Missouri. Just look for Tyler Beatty. And that's it. I would agree. And, uh, and yeah, army's going to try to come at him, but Beatty's a bad dude and he's going to, he's going to do his best. He's going to show out because he's probably going to get a, uh, an invite for the senior bowl and he's probably moving on to the league. So uh, I like him. I like him and Spiller both uh, as far as like guys in the NFL that can do some damage later on. So. Yeah, if if Beatty does indeed move on, I'm definitely going to keep my eye out for uh, Michael Cox in this game as well. I believe he's yes. kind of the, the next guy up there at that running yep. back position. Also, be yep. an interesting transfer destination. Uh, I know it that it's kind of it's kind of expected that Jameer Gibbs will go to Bama, but we definitely mm-hmm. have talked about before that if Jameer Gibbs doesn't go to Bama, Missouri would be like oh my gosh, a yes. prime candidate for Jameer he Gibbs to go to. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be very, very incredible. Now, as to who wins this game, I'm going to go with a mismatch, and that's Army, the triple option, yeah. going against Missouri's terrible, terrible rushing defense. This could get ugly very quickly for mm-hmm. them. So that's my thought. What, where, where are you going with, Brandon? Same take an Army, and I'm going to change the channel as soon as it gets ugly. So <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Fair enough. Watch another game. Alrighty, so we've had the Frisco Bowl before, but for some reason, Frisco has two bowl games, and they got the Frisco Football Classic. Uh, and in this <laughs> game, we got North Texas versus Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio, right. three-point favorite in this game. It, on ESPN at 3.30 on December 23rd. It's a Thursday. I'll be real, mm. not, not a ton to get excited about in this game. More than anything, you'd just like to see um, uh, Brett Gabbert Going up with uh, Michael Hippenhammer. First of yep. all, that's an awesome name. Or Mac Hippen- a great name. Mac, Mac Hicken- Hippenhammer, excuse me. Hippenhammer. And then uh, Jack Sorensen. Those are really yep. the guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing this game. Hopefully they can light it up against this pretty putrid North yep. Texas defense. Uh, DeAndre Torrey on the North Texas side of things is where I'm kind of keeping my eye out for things. And then maybe uh we get a glimpse of maybe what the QB of the future for North Texas is because like Jace Reuter hasn't done a terribly well for them this year but maybe he gets a final chance here but Austin Owen hasn't really done very well for them either so maybe Mm -hmm. we get some more information there I don't know I'm keeping an eye I'm keeping an eye on some of the performers in this game as like Mm -hmm. some late round guys I might be targeting next year uh Jack Sorensen comes back next year obviously people are going to be targeting him but I imagine he might be moving on uh, but what are your thoughts, Brandon? What are you, where are you leaning with this? Same. I'm looking forward to uh, just watching. I do have Gabbard in uh, Dynasty, so I'm just trying to see his uh, his progression. Uh, I think he could get another year with Hippenhammer, but this could be the last connection between him and Sorensen. So I'm hoping that they uh, go off there and, and have a good performance of Sorensen can do his thing. Uh, I would say, I wouldn't, yeah, other than that, like, the running game, the the Kevin Davis, the freshman, he's he's only averaging maybe like six to seven fantasy points, but he's a sleeper. Uh, but I doubt it against North Texas, who actually does somewhat decent against the run. 
Um, and then North Texas, I'm just interested to see who's going to step up QB. Didn't they get a transfer recently? Didn't another QB come in from to North Texas? It was um, an FCS guy, I think, that came in or something like that that's supposed to take over. I don't know his name off the top of my head if they or did. maybe he was the old Liberty, the backup quarterback. I forget his name. Anyway, mm-hmm. North Texas has a guy possibly that might take over. I don't know about Reuter. I just wasn't a big guy. I was more of a Cade Fortin guy uh, than Reuter when they competed at Carolina against sure. Sam. Of course, we all know how I was taking the job, but – uh, you know, I, I just like to, I like the, the other option better. So, um, that's, that's about it, man. This is one of those games where it's like, I don't, I'm not really too interested, but like, I would like to see Gabbard and Swordson and Hippen have a, have a good game. So, yeah, with, with that rooting interest in place, I'm going to take Miami of Ohio to win this game. Same. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our six bowl game. And this is one of the ones I mentioned with uh, Nate Marquise. The other day where I yep. just am personally interested in this game, but also to me, this epitomizes what bowl games should be looking for in their matchups. And that's just give us unique matchups. We don't see before yes. that means something. Yes. UCF central Florida <laughs> versus Florida in a battle yes. for probably the best team in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously Miami, Miami isn't here, but like these have been the top two programs in the state of Florida for the past couple of years. I think we can all agree on that. Granted, True. you would have liked to have seen these two meet on a bigger stage, but better mm-hmm. late than never. I think this is finally kind of a, just an interesting way uh, to get some bragging rights that go outside of your typical rivalries in these games. I love this matchup, and I want to see more of this kind of stuff in the future. Um mm-hmm. Details about this game. This is going to be on Thursday, December 23rd on ESPN at 7 p.m. Florida, a six and a half point favorite in this game. What are you looking for in this game, Brandon? Um, I'm looking at AR 15 because he now has the reins. Officially, Emory Jones has been transferred out. So has uh, Jacob Copeland. Uh, I think Pierce has taken the invite to the senior bowl. I don't know. I think Pierce was still going to probably play in this one, him and Davis. Well, Emory Jones will also be playing in this bowl game. That's right. He decided he's going to play in this one for so. However, I do see a good, um, from what I've been told, and I don't know, so people have to look on Twitter or officially, but the new coach is supposedly supposedly making his debut here. So we'll see. Um, if he is starting a brand new tenure, I would have to think that with Jones transferring out that he's likely going to let Jones do the first half as a, like, hey, thanks for playing here type thing. But then we're going to see AR-15 probably in the second half. So mm-hmm. uh, I really wouldn't want to play any DFS guys in, in Florida, if I'm being very honest with you. Uh, I would – and on the other side, I'd probably just take Mikey Keene and then hope that you pick on one of the, the one of the wide receivers to, to hit on and hope mm-hmm. that uh, that's the one that you're looking for. Uh, but Florida, man, I, I would probably look at the run game, and that's mm-hmm. about it at the most. So, I mean, uh, what are you thinking? I'm with you 100%. Um, I think this is, I think, Mikey Keene's last big audition to continue yeah. to be the starter at UCF. Otherwise, I do think – Gus Malzahn and the coaching staff there might start looking to the portal, bring a guy in for Central Florida. Um, Emory Jones, I think, playing in this game makes it a little bit interesting in terms of like him trying to audition for wherever he's transferring to. So I Mm -hmm. have to imagine that uh, he'll he'll be kind of a focus for Florida. They'll be without Justin Shorter, without Jacob Copeland. I think both have entered the transfer portal, if I remember correctly. So who steps up? in like Florida's receiving room might be pretty interesting for this game. Um, but again, a lot of my excitement for this game just comes down to the fact that I think it's an interesting matchup. Um, but in terms of like actual individual players that I'm looking for, not a ton. 
if there's anybody that has a big game, obviously I'll be writing that name down for next year, telling me, for saying, sure. hey, might want to keep an eye on this guy throughout the offseason, see if this is like a one-time deal or if he's going to maybe do something more next year. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, this is a uh, look at dynasty game or dynasty leagues and or just look at uh what's coming in and then just look at napier and what he did at louisiana and just kind of kind of put that into comparison as far as what you're looking at for next year what you can expect from florida oh absolutely um in terms of who wins this game though where are you going brandon oh uh let's see what is it saying what 6.5 for florida 6.5 for florida oh man i don't know what so many of them leaving I mean, yeah, there's Emory, but they're down to like their third and fourth string wide receivers. And they're not they're not all freshmen either. A lot of them are seniors or backups or juniors and stuff like that. Ah, I want to lean UCF, man. I kind of think that uh King's gotta show out, right? Like this is his last chance. Yeah, I th- I I I I'm gonna lean UCF with this one as well. Yeah. Have the upset here. I think this game means more to UCF against Florida. They're a lot of Florida fans or just even maybe Florida staff members realize like we're in a little bit of a rebuilding mode right now. We had a lot of people leave. We need to focus on just starting to build for the future. This bowl game has to be probably further back in their minds. Maybe if Napier's looking to make a statement here early on. Uh, but other than that, I, I just see too many wins pointing towards UCF's way. So I'm going to take UCF in this one. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the seventh game here. We got the Hawaii Bowl. Luau. Yeah. Hello, hi, everybody. Hawaii. Um, <laughs> poor Hawaii being forced to play in the Hawaii Bowl every single they? year. Um, <laughs> Maybe if they won the national championship, they wouldn't have to. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, just do what Cincinnati did. Yeah, just pull a Cincy. Come on, G5, get it together. <laughs> anyway, Memphis versus Hawaii. Memphis, a seven-point favorite here. This will be on ESPN yeah. at 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve. So, uh, Oh, man. If uh, you are not hanging out with your family for whatever reason, here's your <laughs> entertainment for the night. Uh, yes. Memphis versus the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. Um, yes. While it's cold and you get to watch nice sunshine. and Exactly. And just wish you were in Hawaii the entire time for Christmas vacation. Well, I don't know if we keep up with the weather. Apparently, like, some parts of the U.S. are supposed to get in like, the 90s on, like, Christmas yeah. Eve and Christmas it's Day. It's, like, it's warm here where, we're at, where I'm at, and it's like, what? Yeah, no, I, 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 love, I love the South, but one thing I do hate is the fact that, like, the idea of a white Christmas is, like, almost a foregone conclusion of never happening. Anyway, yeah. that's not what weird. we're talking about. We're talking about, a, we're talking about the Hawaii Bowl. Oh, Hawaii. Um, interesting things to look up for here. I mean, Seth Hennigan is still going to obviously be the guy for Memphis. To me, yep. it's about who steps up at wide receiver. Because uh, I believe Calvin Austin has already said that he will not be playing in this game. Javon Ivory is my personal favorite to maybe start taking over there as the main guy at Memphis. But you got some other guys there that have kind of slowly stepped up throughout the season that maybe uh, could break out in this game. Kind of proves to themselves that hey, we are going to um, we're going to continue uh, we're going to continue on that legacy. And then Hawaii, man, who do they play? Javon Cordero's out. Day Day Hunter's out. Like, you got a lot of big-time players for Hawaii just out and not do anything. Yep. The, apparently, the coaching staff there for a lot of people has rubbed many, many people the wrong way. Yep. It seems like that program's in disarray right now. I think I just have to take Memphis based on that. What do you think, Brandon? Yep. Yeah, as far as overall gameplay, uh, i say Memphis will probably walk away with this one. I do like the ivory pick for sure. 
Uh, I think in this one for Hawaii, you're probably looking at what Turner's is Turner still there? Is he still, is he banged yeah. up? Is uh, right? Calvin Turner, I believe would be able to play. All right. The Lone Ranger, Calvin Turner, the last, the last great Hawaii rainbow guy that, uh, just that we put were Calvin used to. Turner out there and put like a bunch Let of offensive linemen out, uh, offensive yeah. linemen out there. I think you got a uh, Diedrich Parson left. He's the the senior from Hawaii that's still, I think, True. doing his thing. So that's an option. And then of course, uh, Nick Marner. Uh, it looks like he's the guy that stepped up the junior wide receiver too. So um, I don't think Memphis is. I know that I forget which one. See the passing or running that they're better at versus the other. But you got to look at the matchup and then whichever one's got the discrepancy. That's the way you kind of want to go with it for sure. Maybe you might remember off the top of your head. I don't I, without looking. Not off the top of my head. I mean, Hawaii is, I think, bad against the run, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, which, so is then, why, which is why you saw, perfect. like, Charbonnet and Britton Brown destroy them week one. Yeah. But, e- but even still, like, like, think, like, just looking at the state of Hawaii's program at this moment, it just looks like they're it's sad. A, it, it's, it's a program that is struggling on many different counts right now, and I have to imagine mm-hmm. this bowl game probably one of the last things they're worried about right now so i think you will be seeing yeah. uh i think you'll see memphis roll here mm-hmm. i agree i'm picking memphis all right so final game we got going on here is christmas day saturday december 25th you got the camellia oh bowl georgia state a five-point favorite over ball state this will be on the espn at 2 30 p.m like i said on christmas day brandon i'll let you start off with this one what are you looking for Justin Hall all day long. Plit, plit to Hall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that one. Uh, and then, of course, our, our boy Carson Steele, the freshman running back from the MAC. Of course, one that actually did well. And, you know, we we, we uh, probably should have grabbed instead of uh, Tuggle and, uh, and Tollard, but whatever mm-hmm. is what it is. Uh, I like Carson Steele as well. Um, and then uh, sneak one, Johannes uh, Tyler is one that people don't talk about a lot and he's the senior wide receiver from ball state so uh he's actually done well he's up to about 11 fantasy points so georgia state i'm not quite sure exactly where they're at but i think if they struggle against the past then this might be a great game for ball state so good very well be georgia state is the five point favorite here i think a lot of that has hmm. to do with the fact that Ozmakers just kind of view the sun belt in a bit better light than uh the mac which i understand i do think sun belt overall is a better conference than the mac um hmm which is why you never play your Mac players when they play out of conference, but you always play them when they play against other Mac players. Um, mm-hmm. But even still, like on the Georgia State side of things, I think Granger continuing to see if he develops. Maybe if like there's one wide receiver that we can count on for next year, if maybe one guy emerges, that's been their real big problem. And then uh, Tucker Gregg and uh, Jamius Williams are two guys that you're definitely kind of looking at there for... Mm-hmm. Um, or you're definitely kind of looking at four as uh, people that you might want to keep in the back of your mind for next year. Because if one of those guys can really kind of take the reins of that running back room, we've seen Georgia State already lean on a guy like Destin Coates in the past, who for some reason mm-hmm. just disappeared this year. He's he's in the transfer yeah. portal now, but um, yeah, he left. He's I, over I, it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> that, can we talk about Georgia State this year? That, that what a weird, weird team this year in terms of fantasy because mm-hmm. like we thought there was going to be the three guys we had yeah. quad brown we had yeah. sam pinckney we had mm-hmm. Destin Coates, top guys from last year and we we're like all righty let's go let's again go. another year and then they, <laughs> all three of them disappeared and you're like what what just happened what yeah. just happened and i don't think they changed anything as far as uh coaching right i think they had the same no same coaches and everything. Everything. something's just uh, off there um yeah. Very, very Another weird. guy, 
I know uh, I think Jameis Williams is a senior, so I don't know if he gets a grad transfer or not. But if he goes, uh, an up-and-coming guy is uh, Jamari Thrash, which is a cool last name, by the way. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's moving thrashed up. Him. He's getting about – he thrashed him. But he's getting, uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a sophomore, he's getting about seven fantasy points a game mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, that's not terrible, but it's, you know, it's definitely not playable. But with, uh, with Williams leaving, that's a lot of production going out the door. So, I think Thrash might be a guy to look at, too. Of course, you got to pay attention to the portal. And then the – I don't – I haven't really looked at the recruiting, but it looks somewhat okay. Um, but I like Thrash to kind of be the next man up here. So just keep that name in mind. Uh, if he goes off, you know, you know, write him down for dynasty purposes or for maybe even uh, redraft next year, and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. I, I, love, I love the calls there. So with that, we've covered our bowl games for today. I uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. We covered a lot today. We covered uh, some guys that we whiffed on this year. We wanted to kind of hang out our laundry there. Uh, by the way, Fresno State up 6 nothing. it looks like, on UTEP already. Uh, that game go. just got started. Uh, anyway, um, again, appreciate you all listening. Uh, just a reminder for everybody, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you leave those comments right down there below. Whether or not you're talking about, man, I love I love the uh, shirt you got there, Mr. Brandon T. Sanders. Uh, Jared, when are you going to get some merchandise for Chasing the Natty? Uh, you can leave stuff like that, or you can just tell me, Jared, it's a very nice haircut you got today. You don't look like a you don't you don't look like a guy a homeless man anymore. Glad <laughs> you finally cleaned yourself up. Uh, love all any any and all interaction with you guys. You guys are fantastic. Uh, as always on Twitter, I'm at cff underscore Jared. Uh, on the other side of me, Mr. Brandon, he is at Brandon T. Sanders, or you can just get him on at CFF University, either one of those. You can talk to him there. Mm-hmm. Very open, guys. Both of us, we will talk to you guys wherever, however, and whenever we can. And then as bowl season goes along, it's going to be a little difficult with some of the trips I have coming up to continue to get uh, content through the podcast to you guys. I will do my best to still try to get my thoughts out. So more importantly than ever, if you're listening to this and you're not following me on Twitter for some reason, go follow me there. Any and all announcements will be put out there. But as for this, y'all, continue to enjoy bowl season. We got some great games coming up, and I will see you guys next time. Have a blessed day.